Our guest today is a hardworking woman who strives to make a difference by giving back to the community, helping others, and supporting women. She believes that imperfections make you human and that everyone should be themselves, and that being resilient and having the ability to separate the noise from the constructive criticism is an important skill to have to help you learn and grow. She's the anchor on CP24 and co-host of Toronto's number one morning show, CP24 Breakfast. She shares with us how practice, going above and beyond expectations, asking lots of questions, and making genuine connections have helped her on her journey to where she is today, and also how it can help you. Please welcome Pooja Honda to the show today. And now introducing your host, President and Co-Founder of Women Leadership Nation, Jennifer Latticer. So thanks so much for being part of this podcast. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I, before I ask you what the one question I ask everybody, I want to share, I actually studied journalism. I love that profession. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. What made you decide not to pursue it? Oh, you know what? I ended up being introduced to public relations. So when, when you take journalism, you have to take PR. And then I kind of fell more in love with that. <laughs> and I thought, okay, let's go there. But then I ended up in other areas too. So I think maybe I'm just really distracted type of person. <laughs> no, but you know, and you've talked to so many women now, so I'm sure you can compare notes of everybody's journey and their stories, but seems to be a common thread that people sort of set out to do one thing and end up somewhere sometimes completely different or somewhere else, which I think just sort of speaks to all of our individual journeys that, you know, you go in thinking one thing and life happens and other things lead to other paths and you just don't know what that journey is going to look like. So for you, when you were young, what, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, uh, I always knew that I was a performer. So I was that kid on the street who was, you know, putting on plays. Like we weren't playing house. I was acting. Yeah. Uh, that kid. So I always knew I wanted to do something that was performance based. Uh, I thought when I was younger that that meant I was going to be an actress. So I thought, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to move to Hollywood. My name's going to be in bright lights. I'm going to be famous. It's going to be amazing. Um, and then, like I said, life happens. And <laughs> yeah. You know, it's great to have dreams and it doesn't mean you can't come back to them, but they don't always work out exactly the way you think they will. Right. Or, you know, you start to, I think when you grow up, you start to realize maybe there's steps towards that. So what, what was your journey? So how did you, how did you get into what you're doing today? Sort of what, what was your route? So I actually tried to pursue acting. I moved to New York City. I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I auditioned to get into the school, got in. It's a very prestigious school. Um, I didn't have the money to do it. Uh, my parents had saved money since I was two years old for my education. And I blew that in the one year of tuition at that school. And that didn't include books, include living. It didn't include anything else. But uh, my parents were kind enough to give me that opportunity to pursue the dream. So moved to New York City at 18, had no idea what I was getting myself into. That's amazing. Yeah, the Big Apple is overwhelming at that age. And I think, you know, I was sort of in my bubble 
here. And when I moved there, I realized, okay, money's not going to be the only problem in life. There's a lot at play here. So uh, eventually what ended up happening is I decided to come back home and pursue an education in broadcast journalism. So I left school after a year and I ended up going to Seneca College and York University. So I got a degree in women's studies, which is Oh, very interesting. Yes. And then I also went to Seneca for broadcast journalism. So the way I saw it in my mind was, how do I still perform? Because I I know I'm good at it. But then also take my academics, because I did very well in school as well, and combine the two. And broadcast journalism just seemed like the perfect fit. That's amazing. I think that's a great example of how you really have to take that passion that you have, but also have a little bit of realism in terms of how can you get started and, and, you know, having that balance is, and it also gives you a different perspective. So how did, how would you say, you know, your experience in New York, especially at 18, I can't imagine that's amazing. How do you think that, that did that build your confidence or what were some of the incredible benefits for from that experience? Well, I think one of the first life lessons that I learned was that, you know, you can have all sorts of idealistic views of the world and ideas and dreams, but you have to also remember that, you know, they don't always work out exactly the way you want them to. So I think getting sort of that dose of disappointment and something that was completely out of my control, you know, here I was this young hopeful person with all this talent that I wanted to showcase, but I didn't have the means financially to be able to keep it going. And so it's out of your control. What can you do? Um, You pivot. And I think that was a really good lesson for me at a young age that you can pivot and you can still find gratification out of whatever it is that you pursue. And and you got to figure out what that is. So I'm lucky that for me, I found it in broadcast journalism, but also, I realized the lesson learned as well is have a backup plan, you know, in case this doesn't work out. And women's studies for me was that backup plan because I thought, what do I really want to do? I want to make a difference. And uh, here's a place where I really think that one, I know nothing about. Right. Uh, two, I really would like to actually be able to say in my life that I've, I've helped other women. And that's sort of part of my lifestyle and, and my way of thinking. Oh, I can relate so much. <laughs> uh, so, you know, so how did you then, so, you know, journalism is definitely a very competitive industry. And mm-hmm. so how did you get into, you know, where you are today? What was your, what was your journey and what were, you know, certainly some people that I've spoken to and certainly in my experience as well, a lot of um, volunteering to try and get to know, get your name out there. What what were some of the angles and ways that you did to, to kind of grow your career? Yeah, it was the same. Uh, a lot of interning, a lot of working for free. You do that uh, as a way to, to learn, but also a way to connect and make connections, obviously. So for me, I was volunteering uh, locally. I was at a Rogers Cable. It was a local show that we had uh, in where I grew up in Mississauga. So I was doing that. At the same time, I was interning at a radio station. I was interning at another network as well. So I was doing everything sort of behind the scenes, making those connections. And what ended up happening is while I was interning behind the scenes at Global News, I had made enough of an impression uh, on the person that I was interning for that she marched into the boss's office and said, you got to hire this girl. She's great. Um, And my way of sort of making an impression with her is, 
every single thing that I could possibly do to go above and beyond to get her attention, I did. Because as interns, you sort of aren't really trusted to do much. And they have an intern in every few weeks. So you have to be memorable. And how could I do that? So, uh, you know, I would, I would do things like I'd be sitting there and I would just pick up some books that she had on her shelf. And I'd, you know, earmark certain things in the book that I thought were interesting or would make a good news story. Um, before she came in, I'd read all the papers and take out clippings and have them on her desk so that when she got there, I'd be like, oh, these are the stories I found that are health related. What do you think? Uh, what would you choose? Take me through your thought process. I asked a lot of questions. So I think because I did all of these things, she knew that I was somebody that she could sort of vouch for. And anyway, I ended up getting a job behind the scenes at Global. I did that for a year. And then a job came up to be on air on a breakfast show. And I auditioned. Uh, I did not get a very good um, sort of interview, if you will. Like it didn't go well because I had no experience technically in a Toronto market. I'd only worked behind the scenes. And anyway, that sort of, I thought was a chapter closed. I ended up getting a job at the Rogers Cable Station that I was also volunteering at, paid. So I gave my notice to Global, said, okay, I'm leaving. And they said, wait, before you go, we're actually considering you for this breakfast show. Wow. Like, there's no way. Yeah. It didn't go very well. And I just, I'm like, I'm shocked. And they said, well, the truth is we offered the job to somebody else. They turned it down. And now we're two weeks to air. Oh, but you know what? It's like everything, everything in life happens for a reason, right? And so the timing is perfect. And so how did you get that courage? You know, I think a lot of people can relate to the fact that, you know, something doesn't go well, and then that kind of beats them up a little bit in terms of their confidence. How did you get that courage to, to get out there and to do something that's, you know, so public, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. And they probably also saw something incredible in you, right? So well, the one thing that I will say that I was always doing sort of behind the scenes, no matter what, is I was practicing and I was honing my skills. So I was that girl who was looking in front of the mirror and I had the hairbrush and I was pretending that I was a reporter and I was he's awesome. doing that. So uh, what I would do is I would read an article in the, in the newspaper or in a magazine, and then I would take that story and I would sort of memorize what the story was. And then I'd regurgitate it in my own words um, and sort of practice that way so that I could take in a lot of information and then be able to, you know, sort of spit it out and in my own words and tell a story because ultimately that's what it is. It's storytelling. So because I learned how to do that and I was practicing, by the time I actually got to the opportunity, it wasn't that hard. It was still very scary, but I had confidence that I could do it. So um, when it came to learning everything that there was to learn about traffic, which is what I was, a traffic reporter, I took out the pearlies, which I'm really dating myself. It's a map book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just looked at, you know, all the streets and all the highways and I sort of memorized what was what. And I made sure I knew my sense of direction. And so that when I went and ad-libbed what was happening in traffic, I knew what I was talking about. That's amazing. Isn't that exciting though? When you're at that point in your career where you're like learning something new, there's kind of like that pressure and but then you're nailing it, which is incredible, right? So, so true. And I think I've carried that throughout my career where now I'll just take things on because 
that's sort of exciting and scary all at the same time. But I also just know in the back of my mind, I can do it. And if I overthink it, I'll never do it. So just jump in kind of thing. And I think that's been my whole career, actually. And it's that's great. And I also think like you can't understate the uh, or overstate the, the fact that it takes hard work. And a lot of times people don't necessarily see that, but, you know, there's a lot of hard work. Certainly I know experience in my life where you think, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get there? But then eventually it just happens. So, you know, in terms of the, the woman uh, and female uh, experience in journalism, Mm. would you say that um, what was your experience then versus now? Do you feel like the industry is changing? For sure. Um, but I will say I was really lucky because I had someone, first of all, the, the woman I interned for, her name was Christine Crosby. She's since passed away. But at the time, uh, she was amazing. And I looked up to her because she was not only doing what I wanted to do for a living, but she was warm. She was friendly. She was a mom. Um, she you know, was dedicated to her family. And I, I thought to myself for the first time, oh, it's possible to have a family and to work in this business and all of this can happen and you can still be this really nice, kind person. Oh my goodness. I want to be like that. And so my very first experience of having that sort of mentorship came from a woman like that. Beautiful thing, because it made me then know in my heart of hearts that no matter where my career ended up, that I was going to do that for other women as well as I was going to make sure that I paid it forward. And as I continued in my career, I've met a lot of women like Christine and, you know, Ann Romer is another example uh, at CP24. When I got there, she sort of took me on her wing and, and I don't even know if she knew that she was doing it, but she was again, so warm. um, And, and just in watching her and she was so good. She was so talented and people just loved her. And I, was always trying to crack the code because she was lovely in real life, but that doesn't always translate on TV did with her. So I always wanted to know, you know, what was it that she was doing to resonate with people? And I watched her and learned so much. So I would say to begin with, I was, I lucked out because I had such great experiences, but the industry has changed a lot since then. And I think more and more women are realizing that as competitive as our industry is, there's room for everyone. And there's no reason why we can't help one another. We're better when we help one another. And would you say there's not only room for one another, but from a differentiation perspective, it's also better to be yourself, like be your authentic self. How, how does that play into your position and how you've been able to grow? Well, it's hard because it's it's easier said than done. I think, you know, um, and a lot of women can probably relate to this in corporate Canada where you feel like you have to sort of put on this, I'm confident, I'm brave, I, you know, I'm not scared of anything, I have no emotions, uh, I'll come to work sick, I'm, you know, I'm all those things because I've got something to prove. And with what I do for a living, I have to sound smart while mm-hmm. I'm I have to be able to string a sentence together that's grammatically sound. Um, I'm going to be scrutinized with what I'm wearing and how I look and, you know, the facial expressions and all of those things. So it's hard to be yourself when all of that is going on. But I realized in my career that in the beginning, I felt like I had to be so serious and I had to be, you know, one of those people that everybody saw as professional. And it was so much work. I'll be overthinking. Yeah. 
when I actually stopped doing all of that and I just didn't care about the words that were coming in my mouth, I just spoke the way I speak, um, yeah. imperfections and all, that that was what made me human. That's what made everybody else. That's what made me relatable. And that was cracking the code, was be yourself. Go figure. That's amazing. And so, you know, in, um, so again, in this industry for, for those that are trying to get into it, what recommendations do you have for, you know, women trying to get into this industry and, uh, and, you know, in journalism, but, you know, in definitely on camera, but also behind the scenes, do you have any advice? Yeah. And I think, you know, some of the things we've already talked about, I think it's so important to remember that there is room for everyone and uh, it's, you know, it it can get even competitive, even at the education level, right? Because you're all competing for these internships. There's only a handful that are going out there. So it's remembering that you're working hard and you're striving for what you want to achieve, but that doesn't mean you don't help other people along the way. And you just never know where those connections are going to lead. I, I can't tell you how many people I went to school with who are now in management positions, you know? Um, so you just, you absolutely don't know and you never want to burn any bridges. So I think that's important, but most important is, is the ability to be resilient because so much is thrown at you, no matter what industry you're in. And you have to be able to take, you know, the, the highs, the lows, all of it, and then bounce back. And how do you keep doing that, especially in a business where um, you are being scrutinized and and it is very critical? Uh, you, You have to be able to take what you need to take from that and then grow because some of it is is honest, which right, because you get to grow as a human and you get to grow as a broadcaster. Some of it is just noise and you've got to be able to to separate the two. Yeah. And you know what? I'm thinking back to even like many, many years ago. I won't date myself. When I took journalism, there was like no uh, YouTube, uh, you know, like it just the social media wasn't to what it the extent it is today. Do you mm-hmm. think that the the access to be able to almost create your own channel, do certain things, does it give people opportunities to grow in this industry, but also is it something that they have to be really cautious of, you know, when you're younger and you're posting certain things, then you want to get into a career in journalism and certain things pop up from the past that you may, maybe shouldn't have posted, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Yeah, because one of the things we were taught um, in school, and I don't know if this was your situation as well, is that, look, go to a smaller market where nobody will see you. Yeah, your mistakes and then come to the big market. And, and yeah. you know, that way you're, you're sort of a little more refined in your skills. And that doesn't exist obviously now with social media and, and YouTube, but I think it's still like, there's way more positives than, yeah. So, um, you know, that means that you should be careful about what you post and you should be sure um, before you go ahead and upload it. I think, you know, you have to be one of those people who is really, really looking at yourself critically as well and making sure that, you know, you've covered all your bases. So I think that's important, but to have a platform like YouTube or even on social media, on Instagram or TikTok, and have followers that is really powerful in our business because there are so many people you'll see on TV that end up on TV because they have a following. And if you can prove you already have a following, then, you know, ratings, all the other things that come with a successful show, 
um, that's half the battle and you're bringing that with you. So if somebody's not giving you an opportunity, if the executives don't see it, because many of them won't, uh, unfortunately, that is our business. You have to, you have to go and build it yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can, and you get that following your, your ticket in is a lot easier that way. Right. Than, you know, knocking on the door over and over again and getting notes. So you're talking about resilience. So I want to kind of, and I've talked to every guest so far about uh, COVID. From your perspective, how has that changed your industry? And and how has it also changed you personally in terms of how you balance work and life? Well, I think that, you know, during the start of this pandemic, I think all of us just sort of thought this was going to be a few weeks. I don't Mm -hmm. think us thought that six months later, we would still be in this. So what I've learned is it's been a very fluid situation and it literally changes day to day. We've been at work the entire time considered an essential worker. Um, But beyond that, just knowing my responsibility to people, you know, we're a public service at the end of the day. People at the beginning of the pandemic were turning to us for information. There were so many questions. And we made sure that we had doctors on to answer those questions. We had the mayor on to answer those questions. And we're still doing that. So I think what I learned through this is that how important this role actually is. You know, sometimes I would think, okay, well, am I really making a difference on this show that I'm on? Um, It's great. It's fun. it's It's a nice way to make a living. But at the same time, am I really making a difference? And I think this experience has taught me that we are. Um, that you're not just showing up in people's homes and telling them what's happening in the world. You know, there is this connection there where people rely on you and we were a sense of normalcy for people. So, uh, you know, I really did take that to heart. And I think through this process, I've, uh, you know, seen so many stories that are just heartbreaking and you read the news and it can be uh, at times even debilitating to, to read some of the things that, um, or see some of the things that we have. So it's also taught me that that's okay, you know, to be human and to feel what you're feeling. And there are days where you just don't feel like you want to do anything or you don't feel good about you or you're uncertain about what the future is. That's okay. Um, This is unprecedented times. So I'll just give ourselves a break. I I couldn't agree more. I think that People are struggling and, and as it continues to go on and as we get into the winter, to be able to turn the TV on and have a little bit of levity, to be able to have the experts in that. And I do believe that you're making a huge difference. Not only are you an incredible inspiration to so many women, but you are also helping and providing critical information. And, and COVID has definitely shown just the essential services and who who we really value in our world and that would kind of become a community, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. And so in your role, you know, what, what are some of the biggest um, risks that you've taken in your career or on your journey and sort of how did you navigate those? Well, I think this business is risky to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most people will tell you don't do it. Um, And the reason why they'll tell you don't do it is because if you really start to look at it realistically, my job that I have, I have one of five jobs in all of Toronto. One of five jobs. You think about it, all of Canada wants to work in Toronto in this market if you are in broadcast. This is where you want to be. So you're 
now in a job that that many people want to get to Mm -hmm. Uh, talk about it being competitive. There's, it's just, it is just that difficult to, to get to that point. It's taken me almost 20 years in my career to get to this dream job that I have now, but that's how long it's taken. So I think this is probably the riskiest thing I could have done. Um, I, it's, it's nice to have a steady paycheck. That part's good. Uh, but in terms of movement and growth, it's slow because it is so competitive. So you really have to put in the time. You really have to put in the work. Um, nothing happens overnight. And so you'd say too, you probably have to be, have that passion in your heart that you just, that drive that wakes you up every morning, even though it's difficult and, and move forward. So, you know, what do you see in terms of your future then? What other, you know, either professionally or personally, like what other um, ambitions or drives do you have? Or, you know, you talk about wanting to make a difference, which you already are, <laughs> but I hope so yeah. Um, yeah, the list is long. Um, but I think most recently, as we talk about Black Lives Matter and the movement and ending systemic racism and, and just really those barriers to entry that exist, um, even as we talk about journalism, the way the program is set up, the way internships are, are set up, they're not conducive um, to women, women of color, um, women from low income uh, you know, backgrounds. So we need changes and I definitely want to be a part of that change and I want to create access. So one of my goals is to really have some sort of mentorship plan in place where it's not just taking young people under my wing and, and showing them the way, which I've been doing for many years. It's very specific to BIPOC and making sure that there is access. If there's somebody or something within this business that I can help you with, I want to be that liaison. I have a a good network of people in this business that I can also connect young people to, and not just young, because why should you not have access to our industry if you're not in school? Or, you know, if you have a dream of being on TV, no matter what age, Mm -hmm. uh, you should have access. There should be a path for you. Um, So I want to be a part of that and be a part of that change. But also when it comes to our coverage and our content, I've made it a goal to make sure that now I'm consciously thinking about and seeking out more diverse stories uh, so that we're telling those stories, those voices are being heard. That's really important that we continue to do that. I'm in a position where I don't make decisions. I don't have that power, but I have power to pitch ideas. And so I'm always trying to do that. Um, aside from what I'm doing in, in television, uh, I would love to write a book. I have so many stories to tell of all people I've interviewed, hundreds of thousands of celebrities, and so many things have happened behind the scenes that I'd love to share in a book one day. Um, speaking, I, motivational speaking, um, even just talking to young people and, and trying to help them in their careers with workshops. I'd love to do something like that. And the list is long. So That's amazing. I think you got to focus on the things that you're most passionate about. And to, to begin with, it really is about making a difference. I think that's incredible. And I think that there, there definitely is room for a paradigm shift in terms of how um, people get into any career, right? And mm-hmm. things have changed. And so I, and I love that. I think that that feeds your spirit as, as you're, you know, you've already achieved so much, but to be able to now give back, that's so beautiful. 
So, and I would definitely read your book. So in terms of if you were to write a book, what was the most interesting interview and why? Oh, there's so many, but um, I will say that uh, one of the reasons why I do what I do is because it does still scare me. And, you know, celebrities, especially, you know, they come with an entourage, they can be intimidating. I've never really looked at celebrity that way. I've always just sort of looked at them as people because they're just us. Um, And I try to always treat them that way is that, you know, as long as they're seen and heard and you don't make it about all the celebrity and you make them about who they are, it it always sort of works out better in terms of our interactions and, and being able to connect. So that part's really great. But I do think that I'm scared always because I don't know how things are going to go. It's live. I don't know what anybody's going to say. And I interviewed Spike Lee and known for being very outspoken in the best way possible. He's a genius, Um, but he'll call you out. So if you say something that he doesn't agree with, or, you know, he doesn't think you really get it, he will call you out. I've watched him. I watched interviews while I was researching him where he's done that. So I went into that interview so nervous because I thought I just got to get it right. And I have to make sure I understand the material. Um, we were talking about his film Chirac, which is, you know, not a fun topic. It's a very serious topic uh, talking about crime and shooting in Chicago. So anyway, uh, it ended up going really great, but I think the whole lead up um, realizing that, you know, it's important to do the research, but words matter and how you, form a question and how you phrase it matters. So really putting that time and energy into having a natural conversation, but at the same time, understanding the material fully. That's incredible. And I think that almost brings us right back to what we were talking about in the beginning, the idea that you need to, you have that passion, but you have to put the hard work in. And then when you're doing something that scares you, you know, you're growing, right? For sure. And, and I think if we didn't do that, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I know for myself, uh, that self-talk that we all do, where you can convince yourself that you're not smart enough or good enough, or somebody else would be better for it. I would do that. I would convince myself not to do it and to just give it to somebody else because it's too scary. It's too much. I'm okay. Um, Whereas in this role, I have no choice. You know, it's, it's putting yourself in this scary situation every day and learning that each time it's okay, each time it works out, um, as long as you do the work and you have a real genuine passion for it. And I think if you're, if you're being authentic and real, that also makes a difference. You have to feel connected to what you're doing. Yeah. And people can see that, right? So what, is there any final um, thoughts or, or ideas that you have for, you know, maybe young women that are, again, trying to get into the profession and during COVID? I think that, you know, in general, it's just, it's, it's so important that you love whatever it is that you're doing. And I think, you know, I can't overstate it enough because waking up at three o'clock in the morning and having, you know, really no life and working all holidays and all the things that come with this job in particular, you couldn't do it if you didn't love it. So my advice is no matter what you choose to do, uh, make sure you love it, but also that let people stories and through your podcast, I'm sure a lot of young people will hear individual stories that you don't necessarily have to know what you want to do as well. It, it's really important to explore. Um, there's a line just because you wander doesn't mean you're lost. And I think that's an important thing in your career journey is that you try different things that if you 
think there's something you really want to do, seek out a mentor, somebody who's already doing it and doing it well. And if you watch them and you learn from them and it's still something you want to do, great. But you may find out that it's not something you want to do at all. And then you pivot and and you find something else. Um, I think it's also important to make genuine connections. People talk about networking. And I think that word is so tough because what does that mean? Does that mean you exchange business cards, you, you know, you get an email and you send them. And what does that mean? To me, I really believe it's genuine, honest connections. Reach out to people you genuinely admire. Reach out to people you really want to hear your advice from because over time you can build a real connection and that can lead to something for sure. But don't do it because you think it's going to lead to something. Do it because you genuinely seek wisdom from that person. And to me, that's the way you move ahead in your career, whether you're starting out or whether you've been at it for 20 years. I'm, I'm learning that the way forward, especially in COVID times, is connection because it's what we are missing um, the most. And when people feel seen and heard, uh, no matter who that person may be, whether it's the person that, you know, is walking down the street and you're saying good morning to them or whether it's, you know, a family member or whether it's somebody you work with, that's really powerful. And, and if you can tap into that, I think it can take you far. That's incredible. Really, really good feedback and um, advice. And, you know, I was interviewing a CEO for, of a pretty large company in uh, RSM and uh they, the woman, she gave incredible advice as well for all those um, women leaders that are running large organizations that you need to make sure that for those that are kind of re- remaining quiet during this period, that maybe also reach out to people like that to make sure they're okay. Because I think that there's a whole mental health um, component to this as well that um, certainly I know being in this house for how many months now <laughs> I think I said to my husband the other day I don't care what I'm doing but tomorrow I'm going outside <laughs> to do something <laughs> yeah no it's Just making true. sure people are okay as well so yeah and I think that you know um, sometimes we forget in, in us putting on the brave face and doing the things that we need to get done in our in our daily lives that you know it, it's so important to take that time to realize that everybody's sort of going through something, no matter what it is. Uh, And if you recognize that in people to begin with, before you even have a conversation that they may be going through something, um, I think if you come from that place of of empathy, just as a starting point, uh, you probably get more out of people and you'll feel better about yourself because it's caring about people in a different way. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And I think that people are really going to learn a lot from your interview for sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been fun. It just flew by, didn't it? I know it did. I really, really appreciate you taking the time because I I think that uh, you, you had so many incredible things to say. And I really do think it will help. And thank this, you. you know, it's funny, like I started this around COVID time, but it's... Um, I'm hoping too that it actually does fill a need. Yeah, I feel like what you're doing uh, will resonate with so many people at so many levels, whether you're a young person, you know, you're a student, which has been so tough for students as well who lost their years or were you know, not able to get a job in this sort of workforce with what's been going on. So I think you have people who are going to be watching from that perspective and listening yeah. from that perspective, but then you also have people who have you know, achieved a lot of success in their career. Yeah. Of like what's next and 
what do I, you know, how, what do I pursue next and how do I go about it? Um, Cause it can be scary and risky and all those things that, that we talked about. So um, yeah. to sort of cover it all. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers. If you would like more information on how Women Leadership Nation can help you thrive in your career, please visit our website and sign up for our mailing list. You'll receive exclusive content, updates, and new podcast episodes delivered right to your inbox. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep breaking.